Well, we've all watched this guy as a Blue Jays opponent since 2014. And, well, truthfully, like everyone else who has played for the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it's safe to say that a lot of the time our response anytime we heard his name was, Jesus, not these guys again. I mean, let's face it, right? No team has broken as many Jays hearts in the past, I don't know, 15 years or so. No question. To the degree the Tampa Bay Rays have broken Jays hearts. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just a fact. But now Kevin Kiermaier, one of the faces of that heartbreak, will instead try to mend some hearts as a member of the Blue Jays who made official today his signing to a one-year contract. Kevin Kiermaier is with the Blue Jays. And we're very happy that Kevin Kiermaier is with us on Blair and Barker. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Toronto. Welcome to the Blue Jays. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, I am thrilled to be a Blue Jay. Uh, I, I cannot wait to get this going. I promise everyone who are Blue Jays fans, I'm going to give it my absolute all, 100%. I will care as much as anyone on that team. I want to win with these guys. I want to have the best 2023 possible. I am ready to get this going. Kevin, what were you, what were you looking for as a free agent, and, and what makes this a good fit for you? And I guess on the flip side, what makes you a good fit for the Blue Jays? I was looking for an opportunity to play as much as possible. And from the get-go, the Blue Jays said, hey, we want you to pretty much play every day righty lefty definitely pick those days in between where uh, you know might come off the bench gladly so I will do whatever it takes to help this team win and for me I have a new repaired labrum in my hip that I have not had for the last two seasons and I feel so much better now I feel younger I feel great I'm ready to go I'm ready once again to contribute in be a great defensive center fielder out there and do my part offensively to compliment guys in that lineup. But there's, you know, Bo Bichette, Vlad, they can hit all the homers and have the great seasons. I'm going to try to do my part probably at the bottom of the lineup to, uh, you know, try to be a threat down there as well. But um, they told me first and foremost, they wanted me more than anyone. They want me to play every day. They want to keep me healthy. And they were speaking all the right things to me and uh they had me from the start and i'm so happy that um we could get something done i feel like uh i'm going to be able to help a lot of guys out in so many ways and i'm going to be able to learn so much from the guys that are there already as well and um man i am like i said i'm on cloud nine i am so thrilled to be a part of all this and i can't wait to take the field with them guys Kevin, I, you know, every time I watch you when, when you were here and, and you were with Tampa, I, I just noticed how hard you played, how hard you ran the ball out to first, you know, ground ball to second base. You know, you run it out like it's the last time you were ever going to hit a baseball on the ground. But I, I wonder, you know, you talked about as soon as you came on about that, how hard you were going to play. But I wonder, when you have lower half issues and you're a speed guy, and now you're a little older, right? You'll be 33 this year. Is there any adjustments that you think you'll have to make to, to keep your yourself on the field because we know defensively right you're an elite player in center field you make this team better moving George to right and you just bring it there but you got to stay on the field is there some adjustments you think you'll have to make to do that just because of the injury that you had 
Yeah, you know, I definitely, I definitely want to play hard, but I want to, I want to play smart as well. And uh, the best ability is availability. That's yep. such a, <laughs> that's such a cliche saying type of thing, but it's so true. And for me, I know I will help that team have a better chance of winning if I'm available, whatever way possible, and if I'm on the active roster. Hopefully, out there playing every day, but. Um, I have a lot left to offer, and and um, you know I know this is going to be a huge bounce back year for me, and I know I can sustain health. I've been having great rehab program, a great training regimen, um, and I'm preparing myself to get ready for the long haul in 2023. So I can talk about it all I want, but I got to back it up and go out there and and play a full season once again, and you know avoid those little injuries last year I was playing with a very severe injury that I was getting through but I've had a couple you know many things over the years um but man that's all behind me I'm ready for the best yet to come and uh once again the Blue Jays they pump life into me make me feel so wanted and I'm gonna do everything in my power to make them proud of this signing and uh I'm gonna dedicate myself like no other and uh I am thrilled Kevin, what did you make of this team as an opponent? What stood out to you about them? A ton of talent. Um, man, from top to bottom, they got uh, great pitching staff over there, guys who can get you out, starters, relievers, um, everything you need on that side of the ball to win. And then, you know, the position player group, you know, that's what I am. I these guys are they are gangsters in that batter's box george springer vlad guerrero Bo, uh guriel kirk vigio all these guys i've enjoyed watching them play so much from the other side have so much respect for them and for me to share the same clubhouse with them right now has me so excited and i can't wait to learn from them um i feel like they've always had great energy a uh, great thing going over there, watching them from the other side. And, uh, you know, when they reached out and, and had the intent to sign me from the get-go, that made me so excited because I'm like, man, I feel like these guys are going to they're gonna keep me young. They're going to bring the best out of me. And once again, they from a lot of resumes over there. Uh, George Springer, all the World Series he's been to, Vlad Guerrero, Bo. I love watching these guys hit. They do incredible things that – um, they make it look e- way easier than what it is. But if I can pick their brains and, uh, you know, try to get the right thoughts or maybe a different move in to help me uh, maximize my offensive potential, I'm all for it. I want to learn. I want to be better. That's what my goal is. And, um, man, that's, that's, that's what I'm here to do. I want to win with these guys. I want to pop champagne. I want to play under the biggest stage. I've envisioned so many things already, and uh, boy, there's enough talent in in our clubhouse to to do great things. And it's just about taking that next step right now and and going from there. But and I'm so excited to meet all these guys and and uh, you know put this jersey on and and uh, you know for the long haul ahead, an eighth month season, may the best team win. And and I know we got the talent to do it. Kevin, which rule change? do you think will help you offensively more? No shifts or the bigger bases? 
definitely probably the no shift. I, I actually enjoyed, um, you know, the shifts that were implemented on me the last uh, few years. I like trying to hit over there towards the left side. I'm I'm, the, I'm at my best where I'm using off field, but definitely so many hits for me throughout my whole career um, when teams start shifting towards the right side. Uh, balls where, you know, trying to hit it past the second baseman. If, if I'm on the ground, I'd love to, you know, hit more line drives, some uh, high fly balls to let me hit the gaps and run for triples. I love doing that, but I think no shift will help uh, open up a lot on the right side and uh, help me get on base more. That's that's the thing. When I'm going good, I'm, I'm drawing my walks and, and get on base a little bit, uh, you know, better than my career averages or whatever. But for me, I want to take what the defense gives me and uh, get on base and let the big dogs drive me in. Kevin, was this was this your first go around of free agency? It was. What's what was that process like for you, in general? You know, you're seeing all the. I mean, there was a lot of money yeah. given out at the winter meetings, and a lot of deals signed. But what was that process like for you? It was fun. Um, you sit here and and wonder. Uh, I wonder what teams like me, and you know, I was tied up with the Rays forever, um, and anything can happen at any given point. But I've always wondered what teams uh, would actually consider me and. And free agency was a, you know, a great test of that. And only probably three teams that had serious intent of signing me, but uh, probably 12 to 15 teams checked in and with my agents and just wanted to, uh, you know, put fillers out there. But uh, it was a blast. I had so much fun getting calls with my agent. It felt like, uh, you know, the grade school girlfriend calling you again back in <laughs> sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Every time my agent called, I never knew what to expect or what piece of information was getting ready to be explained to me. Um, but, man, I'll tell you what, from the get-go, Blue Jays, they won me more than anyone, and um, they said all the right things, and uh, we got something done. I'm so happy. This is where I want to be, and uh, it's going to be one heck of a year. I can't wait. Kevin, how do you think a different set of eyes could help you offensively? You know, I, I've been saying it my, my whole career. I, I truly believe I have not scratched the surface with my offensive potential. I've just kind of um, been going with the flow throughout my whole career. I've, uh, I've been so open for to learn so many things from so many different people. Um, but I always I feel like I'm one thought or one slight adjustment away that I've never really – stuck with that um, could take me to the next level. I, I do all my – I study so much video on pitchers. I know what is going to be thrown at me more times than not. It's just about putting the proper swing on that pitch and being on time for it and having a better bat path and so many other things that I've been uh, inconsistent throughout my whole career. And for me, if I can find the little things that work here and there um, – where I'm not trying to do too much and I just let the game come to myself and slow the game down, I can be very, very good. I've just have had that roller coaster of, hey, I'm hot for two weeks, cold for three weeks, and just a lot of ups and downs. But the best players in the games are the guys who are the most consistent, even keeled, uh, limit the, the bad times. And uh, for me, I think, you know, working with uh, Bo, Vladdy, all these guys trying, you know, 
there's just so many things that I like, and I'm like, how do these guys do this, or how do they move like that? And for me, um, I'm a conversation away from from getting to that point. I truly believe it, and I I know I'm going to have such a, a much better bounce back year this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, all the things I'm talking about, I can apply that into my game and go out there and prove that. I know it's in there. It's just about me figuring the right move out up there in the batter's box, and if I can do that, um, I know I can make great things happen. Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a leg kick guy at the plate. If that's the case, is there any restrictions because of the hip or your all systems go when it comes to that? Yeah, I'm trying to – I have been a leg kick guy. It's, it's been very high at times, very low. Right now I'm trying to just kind of rotate into that back hip now that I have a labrum again and go from there. I don't – my leg kick height timing of it has been inconsistent. So if I can stay a little bit more grounded and have a little bit more simple move, I think that'll clean a lot of things up for me. And uh, I'm getting ready to reach out to the hitting, hitting coaches here uh, in the next couple hours or the next few days, depending if I can reach them or not. But uh, I want to, I want to get to work early and make sure we're on the same page and, and listen to what people have to say. I always want to be coachable and uh, like I said, I know the best is yet to come. It's just about putting that work in and finding something that works with me the way my body wants to move. I feel like I'm always one of the most athletic guys on the field, but it doesn't translate when you put a bat in my hands. And if we can, uh, like I said, just maximize that and uh, you know really feel the rotation and, and the hip load in this back hip of mine that I just had surgically repaired, um, I, I know I can be so much better, and I will work my butt off. Uh, I already have already, but I will continue to do so to take that next step. I owe it to myself, but I want to prove to these guys, these fans, that I have so much more to offer on that side of the ball. Okay, last question for us, Kevin. I've been dying to ask somebody this. You're no longer with the Rays. Um, just between us, just between the three of us here. <laughs> How the hell do they keep doing what they're doing? My friend Mr. Barker's convinced that there's this bunker underneath Tropicana. Underground Field, City. All, underground City where all these guys in khakis are running around That's trying it. to figure stuff out. And he's absolutely convinced it. Can, can you shed some light on that for us and maybe put his mind at ease? Because I keep telling him he's just a conspiracy theorist when it comes to this. Yep. You know what? Uh, I think it's a simple answer. Pitching and defense. Mainly pitching. Um and the, the arms that they have over there right now and, and the guys that went through that clubhouse, they know how to develop. Uh, Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach there, is a genius uh, among many other people in the pitching department over there. They they have something figured out, and I just, as a position player, you just kind of go off hearsay, but um, guys respond really well to him and, and have the greatest things to say about them, but they somehow trade, get guys in trades that do not work in other places and then they get them and then they just uh, thrive with Tampa Bay. So they are very smart with how they want to approach things and they have a ton of talent over there as well. So you got to score runs and, and a lot of times those guys are very difficult to score runs off of and they try to get as many of those guys in that pitching staff starters, relievers that they can, and just say good luck to the other teams. And, and I watched it for years where it just seemed to get better year after year. And once again for this next year, they're going to have a ton of arms out there. 
but um, they that's their recipe for success, and they put a bunch of great defenders around those guys and, and you know, try to score more runs in the opposition. Obviously, that's the name of the game, but they pitch, they play defense about as good as anyone, and um, there's a winning formula to that. And I think, you know, that's why the Blue Jays want me to play center field. I can help so much in that area, and, um, I, uh, man, I can't wait to take the field with those guys. Listen, Kevin, we're all looking forward to seeing you in mm-hmm. spring training in a couple of months. Uh, listen, we we really hope you and yours have a restful holiday season and have a great 2023. Thanks so much for spending time with us, man. And, again, welcome aboard. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. It's Kevin Kiermeyer of the Toronto Blue Jays who will be patrolling center field at the Rogers Center. Still don't know exactly how what – if if there's going to be a change in configuration of the Rogers Center or anything uh, with with the renovations, but you know, Kevin, it's interesting hearing Kevin Kiermaier talk about that one, like a guy who thinks he's one thing away from scratching his potential, from from mm-hmm. reaching his potential at the age of 33. Like that thing, I always tell you, and you always laugh. I say baseball players have got to be the most optimistic people on the planet because. You know, you can go 0 for 10, 0 for 12, and you just feel it, that 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 heater's just around the corner. That is something, isn't it? When you hear a guy hear a guy talk like that, 33, and I I'm just I gotta find that one thing, right? I gotta find that one thing. Yeah, it always helps when an organization wants you. You can tell the Blue Jays wanted him, like they they were all over him. They they made him feel wanted, like he was gonna come here and contribute and help them win a World Series, and that's a big deal. That's the first step. But yeah, it's interesting to hear him because he's a leg kick guy. You know, you have the the left hip issue, the rotation. There's so much torque and force and just buggy whip from your lower half, the adjustments he'll make. And he sounds like, you know, that's the thing is, the more movement you have when you're not the greatest of hitters, right? He's a defensive first player. And I think you can tell just listening to him talk there, he doesn't like hearing that. Like, he he thinks there's a lot more in there. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's this is what it takes is maybe something happening to his lower half to where he's a little bit more quieter. He can use the entire field. He can catch up the velocity a little bit better. I think he has enough bat speed to be able to do that. Now it's just trying to consistently get barrel to baseball. And for me, you know, it was the raise way. Hit it over them. Don't try and hit it through them or hit it where they ain't. No, hit it over them. Can you remember yeah. you seeing on Instagram the all the nets in the infield and they were practicing hitting the ball over the over the nets in the infield? Well, he was one of those guys. And sometimes that just doesn't work for everybody, right? You get mm-hmm. the sit and spin thing and you get the, you know, the uppercut in your swing. He's not that guy. His strength is speed. And that's why I ask about the bigger bases. Man, you put the ball yeah. on the ground with the no shift. You're closer to first base. You're on base more. You can score more. You can go first to home because you're fast you're a great base runner you're very instinctive yeah it's just pretty cool the older you get sometimes you got to get wiser it's you know it's not so much how much you do it's it's when you do it and how smart you are when you're doing it and it just listening to him talk i think you know he's going to be around a lot of good hitters and when you're around that, you want to be just like those good hitters, and that's contagious. And hopefully he comes here, like you mentioned, he's around Bo, the two-strike approach, and Vladdy, the, you know, the ambushing and just doing special things, barrel off a of baseball. It'll be fun to watch him play in center field, catching balls that we haven't been seen caught in forever with the Toronto Blue Jays. It's going to be neat to watch. 
Yeah, no, that 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 outfield defense, and again, depending on what happens in in left field as well, but certainly center field and right field, that's premium, premium defense you're getting from Kevin Kiermaier and. and I do wonder. I do wonder how George is taking this. Like it's obvious that George is playing right field. I think he was. I, I again going back to that conversation we had with Steve Sparks uh, when when George signed he the Astros commentator I, I got the impression that George one kind of realized that ultimately he was going to have to make that move but that two he actually felt that he was a better defender in right field than center field I don't think you make this move right unless you talk to George it's the same thing people talk about moving Bo to second. I mean, with all due respect to Kevin Kiermaier, you're not going to move George Springer to right field and, 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 and risk getting him pissed off at you to get Kevin Kiermaier in the lineup. You're probably going to have gone to George. I'm sure George, George agrees with it. And I, like, I'm, man, I'm, just, I'm excited about having George Springer in right. I really am. I, I've been pounding this drum you have. since he signed here. Mm-hmm. I just think it the way he plays – you, look, you can get hurt anywhere on the ball field. You can get hurt standing in the box, obviously. You don't sure. ha- necessarily have to be in the field. But I just think the way George Springer plays, this is going to save some mileage. It's going to save some mileage for him. Well, you wonder now, about I the Teoscar. How, how do you make up for the 25 and 80 that you're losing well, from Teoscar? Well, you get you George go. Springer on the field more. That's, that will help. And putting yes. him in right field where he doesn't have to run around and dive and do all the things that elite center fielders have to do and the, and what's put on their plate, it's only going to make the Blue Jays better. This is a good move. It's not cost him a ton of money. You can tell Kiermaier's a good dude. He's going to be easy to talk to, and he's going to be a lot of fun. And he's going to bring something. You know, we talked about, talked about Tapia running around the bases of hair on fire. Kiermaier's sort of the same way, except he's faster. That's yeah. the difference. So it's just going to be fun if Kiermaier can stay on the field and give you, say, 110 games. 110 games and, I don't know, 90 to 95 of those are in center field. That's a lot of games that George Springer's not playing center. So yeah. makes them better. They score more runs, and they, they go a little bit deeper than, you know, probably they would have if, if George Springer were playing center field all year. So it's yeah, it's kind of cool that they're trying to piece this together and, and figure out run prevention. You know, Ross Atkins talks about that all the time, run prevention. And maybe this is the way you make up for not having those elite guys out of the pen by having elite defenders in the outfield. Well, as we mentioned, it is that time of the season. And, uh, well, Mr. Barker and myself, we got some gifts for some members of the Toronto Blue Jays, we've asked you, or I should say, we asked you to contribute some guest or some gift suggestions as well on social media. And lo and behold, you have come through. So we'll get to those next. It's Blair and Barker, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it is our final show of 2022, and I guess in some ways that makes it our first show of 2023. It's been quite a year in these parts, hasn't it? Well, with Charlie Montoyo being fired and replaced by John Schneider, the emergence of Alec Manoa as a Cy Young candidate, and of course, on the other side, uh, the memory of that postseason meltdown against the Seattle Mariners that brought about a stunning conclusion to a year that I don't think anybody wanted to see end, and 
Well, it's already been kind of a hectic offseason. Teoscar Hernandez is traded, and the Blue Jays went out and signed free agents Chris Bassett and Kevin Kiermeyer. You know, for a while, it seemed as if they weren't going to do every anything while everybody in, in the industry was going around giving out a, a billion dollars worth of contracts. By the way, shout out to our friend Scott Boris, who on his own negotiated $1.01 billion <sighs> worth of Merry free Christmas. agent deals. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays, Scott Boris. And he isn't done yet. So that, 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 that haul is going to increase is going to increase uh, is going to increase even more. So what we did is we asked you to send in well some holiday present ideas for John Schneider and some of the Blue Jays and, and some New Year's resolutions as well. And Kevin Barker and myself, well, we've come up with with some of our own as well. And uh, Kevin, I'll, I'll let you get going first before we go to the, the listeners. We got a lot of suggestions, a lot of, a lot of gift ideas. I have to say this, a lot of them are similar gifts. There's going to be some returning there. There will be some returning done here because a lot of the gift ideas were, were the same. Um, but, but let's start with you. Okay. You're going to play Santa Claus. You're going to play Santa Claus. And, and we're going to reach into a bag. It's going to be like Secret Santa. So you're going to reach into a bag, and you're going to pull out George Springer. What gift do you have for George Springer? Well, uh, look, I, I think the gift is obvious, Kevin Kiermaier. Kevin Kiermaier, you know, makes zero sense when it comes to a left-handed bat. We, we know that's not his strength, but his strength is playing elite defense. And what that does is is that puts George Springer in right field, which allows him, for me anyway, to get off his feet a little bit more. Now, you say, Kevin, well, he's still playing defense. Well, not really. You know, he's standing out there. He's a good enough athlete to get a good jump, to run the right routes. But the whole key in that is not going to have to do it a ton. He's got a guy in center field. That's why you're bringing him here. Not bringing him here because he's left-handed. Um, it's you're bringing him here to put George Springer in right field. So I would say that's it, Jeff. If you can, if you're a Blue Jays fan and you're giving out some Christmas gifts, the gift I would think is 135 and 145. That's how many games. If George Springer plays, for me, that will only help the Blue Jays go where they ultimately want to go. Well, I pulled out Bo Bichette's name, no surprise, and uh, the obvious gift would be a multi-year contract but i mean i don't even know is that still a thing anymore you know what i you know what i'd like to give bobachet i think this would be a good gift for bobachet i just want to see some defensive consistency out of the gate the spotlight is going to be on him early in the year we know the shift is there are going to be shift restrictions we know a lot of people are going to be wondering how bo is going to be able to handle that look we also know that bo Bo was the Jays' best hitter down the stretch last year. In September, he certainly was. The questions are always going to be hanging over him about his defense. I think he needs a consistent start to the season early. Otherwise, those issues are going to come up, and I really I really don't think we want to have that discussion. As it is, we've got enough people here who are already saying that one of their gift suggestions for John Schneider would be somebody else at shortstop and Bo Bichette Oof. at second. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, we're going to reach a point here where do we stop talking about it? Like like right. it's yeah, offensively moving him around the order. You know, he's no longer for me. John Snyder, because of the last two years leading the American League in hits, you can't walk up to Bo now and go, hey, just because you've had a bad month, I'm going to move you to the seven hole. No, 
I, I'm sorry. I, I think we've reached to the point offensively that he's a top-of-the-order guy, and he'll figure it out, right? He consistently stays with the two-strike approach. He's got a good chance of going line-to-line line and being that offensive bow that we all love and can't wait to see his hair flowing around, running around first base. Defensively, Jeff, I've accepted who he is. And, and the people that I've talked to, Louis Rivera, who is the infield uh, defensive coach for the Toronto Blue Jays and the third base coach, hopefully he's there again this year or coming up next year in 2023, has told me that having no shift will free him up, allow him just to be Bo. So we'll see. But me, I'm sort of getting tired of talking about it. For me right mm-hmm. now, Bo Bichette's the shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, listeners have uh, weighed in as well with gifts for John. John Schneider's going to – man, if John Schneider gets all these gifts, he's going to be happy. He's going to be very happy Christmas morning. Uh, Wayne Cooper from Nova Scotia says, I think the best gift John Schneider could get would be a nice gift-wrapped Brian Reynolds. He can play all the outfield spots, center field when Kiermaier sits, and right field when Springer needs a DH day. Brings balance. He's got good bat-the-ball skills with some pop. Brian Reynolds' name has been out there. Of course, he's a switch-hitting outfielder with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. He has requested a trade. Unfortunately for Brian Reynolds, he's got no leverage. And he can request a trade every day till the cows come home. The Pittsburgh Pirates are under no obligation to trade him until they get what they want for him. And Ken Rosenthal reported at the winter meetings that one of the asks from the Pirates was, quote-unquote, a Juan Soto type of deal. Now, nobody, including Kenny, bought that. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly pie in the sky. But, Kevin, a controllable switch-hitting outfielder is not going to come cheap. Is not going to come cheap. And, and I'm not entirely certain the Pirates would do what Oakland did in the Sean Murphy deal where they basically took quantity over quality. I think the Pirates probably want a little more quality in order to get that deal done. And I just don't know if the Jays have that. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a, that's a, that would be a nice little piece. i got to ask you, Jeff, if you add Reynolds to the mix, are they, does that jump them up to be the, the contender, the front runner to win the World Series? Not for me. But I'll say this right now. If you go out and add a trade for Liam Hendricks and maybe get a Zach Britton. Now, I'm not saying that, that Zach Britton is the be-all, end-all, but it could be, from what I've heard, the people that I've talked to, and I've actually had a guy that's squatted down and caught it, said it's touching 98, 99 miles an hour with the movement it used to have. Now, yeah. Adds that, and you add that to the mix, all of a sudden you're giving a couple of no-brainers to John Snyder. And I will say this, John Snyder, I would bet in the conversations I've had, I think he's okay with the offense. We all know they need balance. It's a fact. We get it. But I would say if you pushed him in a corner and really made him tell you, he would think, give me some no-brainers. Stop making me and forcing me to match up against everybody's bat path. I'm just not good enough. No manager is good enough. Uh, John in Toronto says, I've got a gift for John Schneider, an elite hitter behind Vladdy, one who can hit for average and drive in runs. He throws out an idea. He said he's gone shopping, and he's noticed that you could get yourself a J.D. Martinez and a Michael Conforto on the free agent market. So, in other words, I think what he's getting at is a middle-of-the-order bat. Maybe you have the righty middle-of-the-order bat as well as a a lefty middle-of-the-order bat. You know, this gets back to the Jays' payroll. Um, they're right up against, I think they're, most estimates are they're within $8 million of the luxury tax. It appears as if they will, you know, they're in a position where they would pay the luxury tax if they have to go past it. Uh, Mike, Michael Conforto, Kevin's a name that's out there that makes sense. The only reason I mentioned J.D. Martinez is because you made a point earlier 
that really got me thinking about the Jays and that right now you are looking at replacing their best middle-of-the-order hitter in Teoscar Hernandez. They haven't done that so far. Nope. We've talked about possibly trading Alejandro Kirk, another middle-of-the-order hitter. So I guess what John is thinking here, and it makes a certain amount of sense, look, if you have to do that, if you can get one of these, if you can get a righty slugger at a reasonable price to kind of help make up, right, to, to help make up what you're missing with Teoscar gone, Maybe that's the way you go. I mean, I give him credit for thinking outside the box. Yeah, it's I know a, other that, people mentioned Trey Mancini and people like that. Yeah, it's a good point, but I'll, I'll say this. Right now, are the Toronto Blue Jays, right now today, if they don't add any more pieces, are they a playoff team? Yes or no? A playoff team? No. Right now, no. They're not a playoff team. With no. the expanded playoffs and the no shifts and the people that they've added, the extra starter. Uh, they, let, let me put it this way. Would I wow. be... Okay, I'm going to ref- uh, let me rephrase that. You said no. Do I think this team as it is right now was more of a playoff team than the Blue Jays team that took the field in opening day last year? No. I don't think this team is as good as that team. I just don't. What if Lord Gurriel Jr. comes back? He's healthier. He plays 135 games. What if George Springer plays 140-ish games? What if Kevin Kiermaier plays 90 games? They were all there at the start of last year. With the Kevin Kiermaier in center field's a big deal. They're a little mm-hmm. bit deeper in the rotation. Uh, you know, Chris Maybe. Bassett is going to um, give you a little something. Uh, those are strong words. I will say this. How, how did the Astros win the World Series? They had really, really good pitching. They played really good defense, and they got some timely hits. That's Again, this is perfect scenario that you do want balance. You want every perfect – Peace to be added to the Blue Jays. For me, again, it gets back to who's John Snyder giving the ball to when the starter comes out in, in the sixth inning? Do you know that? All right, let's go back to our secret Santa thing. I, I made a mistake here because we both pulled out the same name. We both got Jose Barrios. So I'll let well, you're you, in love you with think? him, so I'll let you go first. Well, I'm in love with him. You should be like buying to... the Christmas gift for him. I should be, shouldn't I? You should be. I should be. You're the no, only I one in Canada that's taken up for him, so you should buy him a Christmas gift. Look, I don't – here's the thing. I would like – before I buy him his gift, I've got to find out – I've got to find out what it is, what the magic thing is, the magic something is that was missing off his four-seamer last year. That, that to me, is the is whole key for him. That ball was hit. That pitch was hit a lot last year. And I don't think you can succeed in this league. I don't think. I, let me refrain. I don't think you can. He, I don't think he can succeed in baseball if that four seamer gets hit as hard as it was getting hit. And I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what the reason. I don't know what the reason was for that. But that, to me, is that that's the thing I'd like to find for him because I do believe if he gets that, I do believe he's going to be fine. Yeah, for me, it's it's uh, it's about mechanics and confidence, and I think those two things go hand in hand. He he's a creature of habit, right? He needs to be able to feel the the, the mechanics, be able to repeat that, be able to land, to have the landing foot landing in the same spot, having the ball being released in the same spot. He's got multiple pitches. He needs to be able to command those. He needs to have a secondary pitch in OO counts be a little unpredictable. But find the mechanics, and if there's a Santa Claus out there that, that would know how to, because obviously. 
they haven't figured that out or they would have done it quicker. That, that was my whole argument last year with you, and I continue to say it. How's the guy that has this much time at the big league level doesn't know how to self-correct on the mound? And that's a little alarming. So if you're Santa Claus and you want to drop something by the Barrios family, give him that consistent release point where he can do it over and over again. It gets back to your point. If he does that, he'll locate it better. He'll throw it harder. He'll be a little bit more unpredictable, and he'll give you that 190 innings that the Blue Jays need. All right, I got – here's a name for you. You, you. you pulled Matt Chapman's name out. What do you got – what do you get in Matt Chapman? How about a, a trigger? trigger? You always a talk trigger. about a trigger. I, I've always said that. He needs a trigger. He, he needs something getting started back so he can get to his separation a little bit better. That That's what you always think about, right, is the, the good ones, it's a little mini leg kick. It's a, it's a little wiggle of their hands. It's something that they can get to their separation in their athletic position where they can recognize pitch a little bit quicker out of the pitcher's hand. If he does that, he may be the guy, Jeff, that if you just put more balls in play, because when he puts the ball in play, he hits the ball really, really hard. Maybe he's that guy that could make up for the Teoscar miss, right, the 25 and 80 maybe if you add you know another 35 balls in play he's hitting five or six more homers and that's where your production coming from and maybe he can be that fifth or sixth guy in the in the lineup that can drive it's a big time run so if i'm santa claus and i'm wanting to give matt chapman something in the family give him a little bit bigger better trigger at the plate to allow him to recognize and be in an athletic position a little bit sooner what gift are you getting? Are you getting John Schneider? I'm giving him Liam Hendricks. No Glad brainers. I'm there it is. Liam Hendricks. I, yeah, that's I it. think I think he needs more. I mean, that's nice, and and that would be cool because he can go multiple innings, and he's been there and done it before, and he's got a track record, and you're going to pay him de- decent money, and he'll make Romano and Anthony Bass and Jimmy Garcia and Zach Pop and Eric Swanson, who they just added. He'll make those guys better. I think they still need more, right? That's that would be a nice little add and. He would bring a little attitude, which is exactly what they need. So, yeah, John Snyder, again, this gets back to you want the perfect team. Perfect teams are hard to find. But, again, you don't want the guy to outthink himself and make the wrong decision. Give him some no-brainers. Look at the guy that just won the World Series. He's a Hall of Famer now. He had no-brainers. He couldn't. I couldn't have screwed that up, Jeff. You couldn't have screwed it up because they had a I bunch of guys to go to, and the Blue Jays don't. So, if you're John Snyder and you're Santa Claus, run a couple of no-brainers at him. Matt Carvalho, he's got a gift for John Schneider. He says, how about another starting pitcher? If somebody like a Johnny Cueto or a Nate Uvalde, what he's saying is not, you're not going to go out and spend big money you know, to, bring in a, to bring in a guy on a multi-year contract. I don't know how many of those guys out there right now. But maybe bringing in a Johnny. Nate Uvalde, I would love. Because Nate Uvalde also gives you the possibility of, bull, of I know, you're making the money sign. You're going to bring Nate Uvalde, and that's still probably going to cost you, what, $17 million? Close. Maybe, you know, maybe almost what Chris Bassett got, although not, not the same number of years. You do that, you got to, uh, you got to move somebody all I ever hear, All I ever hear and all you ever hear is how good Ricky Tiedemann is. When are we going to see it? Like, if he's yep. that good, why waste his bullet in the minor leagues? Bring him up here and show us. And I think that might be the little – they need a surprise. Every good team, it's like paying you the shortstop for the Astros. A little bit of a surprise. Nobody mm-hmm. thought he was going to be that good big time. The lights are the brightest. Maybe Ricky Tiedemann can come up and give him a little bit of a boost. Matt also says, I'd like to see a long-term contract for Bo and Vladdy. He said, I think the risk – in the air quotes that the front office talks about, I think that's shifted in their favor. I, I'm with you entirely on that. Look, I'm not surprised that we may see the Jays go over the luxury tax threshold. 
I will be a little surprised if it happens without one of those two guys being signed to a long-term contract. In my mind, I thought that was when the Jays would really test the luxury tax threshold. Is that one of those guys would have one of those contracts, and at that point we'd be talking about it. I, Kevin, I don't know where, I don't know where I where where I where I sit in that. One of uh, one of our listeners' New Year's resolutions was, I'm just not going to talk about Bo's contract. I'm not going to talk about Vladdy's contract. I'm just going to enjoy them. Can I I'm ask you a question? Enjoy them for the next three years. I want to ask you a question and listeners que- a, a question. If say Bo Bichette gets a contract for whatever that would be, would we start talking about his defense differently? What, what, like, what would that change when it comes no, to who Bo point, as a player is? Like, it, it's not ever going to change. It's the point. I have no idea what the relationship is between Bo and the organization. I have no idea. I do know that Vladdy and the organization have, have had talks. I don't know how serious that is. And I know, and you've said this, that Vladdy is interested in me in signing a deal. And you could get that, get that done. We have no idea. So, it's just very hard to have that conversation. And I wonder, how would the conversation be different if – having these conversations of if Vladdy doesn't drive in 135 runs and hits 40 homers or Bo plays the same defense that he played last year, which was, uh, what's the conversation differently? I mean, I forgot. I think, I think one of the things people need to remember is that the, the long-term contract has to make sense for both sides. And, and there's this, this thought out there that, well, you have to do that to make your fan base happy, right? You, you, you have to do that to show the fan base you're committed. And I don't know if that's the case in Toronto. I think to show the fan base you're committed, you've got to win. Like that, that's what this fan base is about right now. If you said to fans, you know what? We'll give you a guaranteed another six years of Bo and Vladdy. The catch is you're not going to win a World Series in those six years. Oof. But you're going to have those two guys that you love. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think this front office realizes that, that the, the key to that equation, the key to that equation is winning. The key to, I, you know, if you're too- Bo, Bo and Vladdy weren't here when, when, you know, 2015, 2016, when the Jays kind of reestablished themselves as as, as a brand in Canada. If you're a person and, that's to, if you're a person that's tooting that horn about giving that kind of money out, say your Boba shit would be a little cheaper. Or say at 200, I'm just throwing that number out there. I have no idea what it is. You got to accept that you're probably not going to get any more to help your short, team. I, okay, money, I'm just starting the there. Shortstops are getting. I'm and starting he's be there. 26 or 27. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just – that's my star. I'm, it's obviously probably going to be bigger, but I'm saying if it does get bigger and you were – that's the last deal that you were going to do, if that's it, is this is this team a World Series team? In my mind, it's not. We got two more gifts to give out. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. What gift you got for Vladdy Jr.? How about more balls in the air? Is that enough? Yeah, I just don't think it's that easy. Look, I, I, I think if it were, he would have he done it. I just think hit the baseball hard. You hit the baseball hard, it goes where you want it to go, and stop making adjustments that are nonsense. That's the gift I want to give him. Stay within yourself and be who you are. If you like the ball above the knees, take the ball that's down. If, if a pitcher can throw you three of those and at bat, tip your hat and walk away, mm-hmm. I will say they can't. They throw so hard and they, they rely so much on velocity. It's more about that and break on the secondary pitches than it is location. So stop thinking about all that outside noise and, and trying to be the perfect hitter. Nobody is. I hate to break the news to you. So just stay within yourself and you will turn out to be the guy this year that Jays fans want you to be. 
last gift we got to give out, Alec Manoa, who had a terrific year, put himself in the Cy Young conversation, put himself in the conversation, I would suggest, for a multi-year contract as well. I think <laughs> Here we go. Little, it might be a little easier to get a multi-year contract with Alec Manoa than with the, uh, the, than with the other with the other two guys. I talked to uh, Pete Walker. He yells at me when I say, is there more in the tank? He says, how much more do you want to see? I, I'll, okay, I'll just say this. How about consistency? Continue to be the exact same guy we saw this year. Yep. That's what I'm asking. I don't want any more. I just want you to be that guy that I saw in 2022. And there you are, the last regularly scheduled podcast of the year. And as I said, I guess the first of 2023. I'd like to give a shout-out to the folks behind the scenes, our producer Mark Boffo and our technical directors and ops, Lance Kennedy, Derek Brandale. Folks, we got a 1,000 of them. It takes a village to put this show on, literally. Derek Brandale, Austin Mackey, and Andrew Hall. And thanks also to the bosses, Dan Toman and Ryan Fabro for spiritual and logistical guidance. Thanks to Kevin Barker for his patience and companionship. But mostly, thanks to you for listening, direct messaging, and calling in. Mr. Barker, you got anything to add? Yeah, I mean, that's well said. Without the fans, this show would not exist. We have the greatest fans in the world. I mean, they, they relate to what we're spewing, which is not always the easiest they thing. They relate to what we're spewing. I they love abs- you put it. They absolutely do. So it's been a lot of fun to do this every single day. And, you know, I think we all have the same goal here. We want to see the best team on the on the planet and i think they're starting to head in that direction just need a little bit more get a little bit more to be more fun for us to talk about them a little be a little bit more fun for the fans to listen to us talk about that's it for us now have a safe and peaceful holiday season and we'll talk to you on the other side of the movie